Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Good morning, if it's morning where you are. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties, VO 101. The goal of this series is to provide current and credible information to folks who are newer to the voiceover industry and want to learn more from pros who know. There is so much information out there, and it can be quite overwhelming. We hope to ease those feelings. You can join our email list. If you go to boothbesties.com, you can also join our Facebook group, which is VO Booth Besties. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like us to cover, you can submit them, again, through our website or also in our Facebook group. A quick bit of housekeeping, in order to stay on topic and get as many of your questions answered as we can, we're going to keep hand raising turned off. However, the chat will remain open, and this week I will be monitoring that. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Uh, before we dig into casting sites, I just want to give you some information on next week's Thursday Workday. It's a commercial sample workout. You'll find or write copy for a 15-second commercial. Record that as an MP3. The read should be dry with minimal processing. Please try to keep the volume range that we discussed last week in the clubhouse in mind. And after we wrap up in an hour, you'll find the link to the submission form in the VO Booth Besties Facebook group and on our LinkedIn page. Just give me a minute to pop that up there. Next Thursday, we're going to play as many of your submissions as we can during the hour. Samples are going to be drawn at random. Everyone in the house can provide feedback in the chat while we're live. And then afterward, a spreadsheet link will be provided with the name of your commercial only, not your name, just the name of your commercial for live feedback, uh, for feedback after the live room. On with the show. A hot topic in the VO world right now is online casting sites. Sometimes we call them pay-to-play sites, but that's not really accurate as some of them don't require payment at all. Um, I want to be clear up front that we are not recommending specific sites. We are here to give you information to help you make your own informed decisions about casting sites. Um, when, okay, so when I first began, I had absolutely no idea what an online casting site was. I had never heard of it. Um, I didn't know where to get work. And I had certainly never heard that I could market myself. So I had started out doing audiobooks on ACX.com, which could be considered an online casting site for audiobooks. And I quickly realized that audiobooks are not for me. But I had spent a ton of money on a mic and an interface, at least what I thought was a ton of money at that point in my career. And so I Googled how to make money with your microphone. And uh, I set up a profile on the very first site that popped up and I was making money less than a week later. So I thought I was golden, you guys. Somebody was paying me to talk into that microphone. So I had no idea that that particular site was not an ideal one to work with. They uh, took a massive percentage, expected me to work on impossible timelines, and everything on the site is a total buyout. All rights to your voice belong to them. You literally sell them your, your audio. So you also can't have any communication with the client at all. And the rates were terrible. So by the time I learned better, I was entrenched on this site. I had repeat clients and it was really, really hard for me to give up that steady income. I was making good money and I'll be honest, 
it took me a couple months. Um, I probably three months to make that transition away from that site. And we want to make sure that you know that you're never trapped into any casting site. You can step away if you get into something that you don't like or isn't working for you. So here's what I learned, Alicia Bake. This is what I learned about online casting from this experience. You want to be able to have control over your rates and make sure that you're charging industry standard rates. And we're going to talk more about that later. You want to be able to communicate with the client directly. If you have questions about the script or have pronunciation for a word, you want to be able to ask your client and provide good customer service. You want to be able to own the relationship with the client and talk with them one-on-one, -on -one, like Zoom or a phone call, without involving the platform where you connected. And you want to be able to pay the smallest percentage that you possibly can. We want to keep as much of the money in our pocket as we can, guys, right? So knowing all of that up front, where can we go? All right, well, let's talk about some of the options that are out there that we can utilize. Um, we want to point out that the largest, uh, point out some of the largest, most well-known options available, but there are others that are lesser known and can still provide jobs. I mean, ultimately our experience and opinion, certainly everyone else's opinion, because there are plenty of them out there, cannot dictate how you choose to run your business. It is a business, it is yours, you should always do the research for the site yourself and do what's best for your career. And that changes. So, you know, what's good for you now might not be in a year, but make those decisions based on your own informed decision. So some examples of online casting are, uh, but they're not limited to, there's lots of different options out there. Voice123voices.com cast voices, Fiverr, Upwork, Voquent, VO Planet, Voice Bunny, Voice Realm, Badalgo, the list goes on and on. And yeah, so um, before you blow up the chat, as we mentioned, the, the elephant in the room, um, when we scheduled this topic months ago, we had no idea that Voices.com would drop a bombshell on us. Um, and if you don't know, please just hop on to literally any voiceover Facebook group right now and you will find more discussions than you know what to do with, more opinions than you care to deal with. And uh, that is just that Voices.com has acquired Voices.ai. Their terms of service reference and uh, that our existing files and samples on the site may be compromised. But that's not what we're focusing on today. So um, if you if you need some resources on where to learn more about this change, um, if you're a Voices.com member, you can reach out to us through our website and we can share some credible articles. But again, there are a lot of options out there and a lot of opinions about whether or not to use the online casting as part of your business. In the end, like I said, it's your business. It's no one else's. You're not required to disclose how and where you get work to anyone. Now, the caveat to this is that it's true there are some sites that offer significantly lower rates than others, um, but to be fair, every site has jobs that come in that are well below industry standard. No matter where it is, you'll find them. So please keep in mind that just because you're new to the business, it doesn't mean that you need to accept substandard rates. If you're producing quality audio, you should be charging industry standard rates. Nobody knows how long you've been in the business. Nobody knows anything about your business. If you sound just as good as your competition, 
charge fair rates for yourself. Don't cut yourself short. If you're not sure whether or not you're worthy or competitive, go back and listen to our audition submission workshop with Liz Atherton. Does your sound and delivery match up? If you're not sure, get some coaching. Join our upcoming Workday Thursday sample workshop, but new does not equal less than. Um, When we audition, we're a voice. Just like the show, The Voice, the client doesn't know how long you've been in the business. The client doesn't know your previous companies you've worked with. The client doesn't know if you have never booked a single job. If the client likes your voice and it matches what they had in their head, if if they hear your audition and you're the voice that, that they imagined when they wrote that script or you're the voice their client described to them, you, you can get the job. Um, But now it becomes your job to represent yourself and the industry by doing your best to get a reasonable and fair rate. Uh, It can be very easy to take that $10 job or that $100 job. And again, your business is your choice. But have some confidence. View yourself as the asset. Without you and your voice, their message doesn't get heard by their target audience. All right. That's my soapbox. (laughs) A.B.? Well, I want to hit you. We keep talking about industry standard rates, but I don't think we covered where we can find what industry standard rates are. So do we want to really quickly bring up that point? All right. So GVAA.com has a rate guide. If you're not familiar with it, Google the the letters G as in girl, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, A. So GVAA rate guide, and you can find a really comprehensive website that has everything that you can imagine pretty much. There are things that they're missing, but for the most part, it's there. Gravy for the Brain also has a rate guide, um, and you can, if you're doing work in other countries, that one is particularly helpful because they have, you can type in the country that you're in. There's just a little different. It's based on how many people are going to view it, which is kind of hard for me to gauge most of the time. I have no idea how many people are going to view it. Um, the GVAA rate guide is more based on uh, the way that we do things here in the U.S., which is based on where your voice is going to be heard and for how long. So um, definitely look it up. I find that the GVA rate guide is a little on the high side when it comes to things like explainers and corporate work, but it gives you a place to start. And it looks like Dory put the link in the chat. Thank you, Dory. Fabulous. So GVAA rate guide, that's a great place to start. Now, and the range. Yes. They do give you a range. So if you feel like your newness in the industry gives you less experience and you don't feel comfortable charging a mid-range or a higher range, you can go with the low range and still keep yourself in industry standard rates. And that's totally fine. Again, it's it's up to you because it's your business. Keep yourself competitive. Don't charge a lesser rate. You you deserve what you deserve. Yeah. Can I ask you to, to because I I think we need to understand why. Why can't I just take if if you know the local business calls and they're like, hey, will you do this thing for twenty bucks? And I just say, sure. I mean, does that really have a ripple effect? Does that really impact anything? Uh, in the big scheme of things, if you're dealing with a local business and it was just a a private conversation, um, no, no, it really doesn't. I mean, if you're comfortable taking that rate and they're going to have somebody else produce it and you're going to do it for twenty bucks, then you know maybe it's a friend. Go ahead. But as far as the casting sites go, 
you do want to try to stick with industry standard rates only because when a client gets a low rate, they expect to continue to get low rates. And so it, it does have a snowball effect at, at some point. It can. So if you try to remain competitive and try to keep within those industry standards, then it just doesn't guarantee anything. But it does help going forward if the clients are used to paying that rate and not going with a like way below what should be expected. Um, so that ties into what AB was saying that there that you want to build that relationship like again and we've had brad highland on before to talk about this guys we've had some fantastic interviews that reiterate this that support this that building the relationship allows them to come back to you rather than just reposting another job and then still doing it at that lower rate possibly and and just kind of continuing the cycle right of not you want them to come back to you. You want to have fair rates, but it's, it all comes back down to that relationship building part. Um, because otherwise, yeah, they're just going to perpetuate the $20 job or the $100, you know, whatever that is. And we want to help elevate that across the board, right? And you yeah. also don't want to set yourself up to um, have that client come back to you and expect to continue to get that super low rate. You know, you could be shorting yourself at the end of the year a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. And I will add that one of the other reasons that we want to, the, the industry rates are what they are for a reason. They're what is commanded by the industry at this, at this point in time. And GBA does update them. They do pay attention to them. But one thing that I feel like is important is for me, when I was on this other website and I was working for um, really low rates, I was spending 60 to 70 hours a week working and I was making about $2,000 a month. Now that was great money for someone who had not been working previously because I, I came in as a stay at home mom and we were just happy for any extra income. But I was spending way more than 40 hours a week to earn $2,000 a month because the rates were so low. And when I gave that up and it was really hard and I let go of that, that consistent steady income from repeat clients, I was able to make you know, a much more consistent living wage. And the next year after I quit, I, I made a full-time income and that was without the lower rates. So I think it is important that we value ourselves and we recognize that we can command industry standard rates and we should, but so let's, let's give some of the names of those sites. Um, we have, we gave them out. Uh, I guess I actually already said them. Sorry. We said them Right? Did we say them? Now I'm, this is you guys, my ADHD talking. JT did touch on some of the more well known, but again, she commented also they are not limited to, but just because I have it in front of me, I'll go ahead and share that one more time. And if you have something you want to say uh, in addition, voice123, voices.com, cast voices, Fiverr, Upwork, Voquent. VO Planet, Voice Bunny, Voice Realm, and Bidalgo. And then you had also mentioned ACX. There's also, that's going to be audiobooks. There's also Findaway Voices and Ahab Talent. Um, those are also going to be um, audiobook. Uh, again, we are not, what's the word? Recommending. We're not recommending these. these. Yeah, or saying you shouldn't use them. Again, as JT already, this is your business your choice, how you choose to find work is your business. It is not ours. You don't need to post it. You don't need to ask everybody, hey, should I do this? Guys, 
do your research, get involved with voiceover community groups because there's really valuable information, but also keep in mind, one person's experience, one person's opinion does not mean that will be yours. Um, and so you really have to be your, your own CEO. If we can do nothing but just really, really focus on that is that you have to make choices that are right for you and where you want to invest your money. AB really, she pointed that out too, that, you know, all of these different casting sites, most of them require a fee, a yearly fee, a monthly fee. Some sites will charge an additional percent on top of you, the client's budget. So let's keep going with that. So, um, so I've, I've listed those. Do you guys want to touch on a few of those? I do. I did want to say one thing. I noticed in the chat, someone mentioning that, that, they had heard that agents um, don't want you to be on these sites or that they won't consider you. I will say, um, was it uh, Mandy Fisher that you said had on, um, on her TikTok, she had mentioned that she had talked to multiple agents and it was 50-50 with them, right? Um, I know I'm with CESD, which is one of the top five agencies. And when I talked to my agent about my previous um, experiences, she did not care. And when I told her I was on a couple of these sites currently, some I don't do anymore, like the one I gave up, but the sites that I was on currently, she said, I'm fine with that as long as it is for corporate work and um, that you're not booking commercial work on these sites. She didn't want me doing commercial work for low, lower rates and then marketing myself as somebody with them. So that was the kind of the line that, that was drawn in the sand and I was happy to, to, to do that. And she did say that if I did book commercial work through those sites that she would just want it to go through her. And so I would just need to reach out to the client and say, hey, I'd just like to run this through my agent to make sure that I'm getting fair rates. With all this drama, why even bother? Like, why do we even bother with these casting sites anyway? And my, my feeling is it's because there are a lot of smaller businesses and even established companies who may not do much advertising and they may need something, um, they, they may not have an in-house voiceover department, right? They don't have a marketing team even. So when Bill the training guy needs to find a voice for a sexual harassment training video, they're gonna go to Google and they're gonna search I need a voice actor and guess what? Those sites that popped up for me or what's gonna pop up for them. And so understand, Online casting has its place, and it's often for non-broadcast work. And these smaller companies, like direct marketing is great as well, but these smaller companies, they don't keep a roster. Bill from the training department isn't going to keep a roster of voice talent. So if you're marketing to him, he's going to be like, sorry, I'm going to go to a casting site where I can have 50 people in 20 minutes. I don't have time to keep all of your files on my desktop and then sort through them and listen to everybody's demos and just try to decide which person's gonna be best for this project. They need this for ease of use and simplicity. So I don't think online casting sites are going away anytime soon. Bill from the training department is not gonna go to CESD and look for a voice talent through an agent, you know? And I think that supports what JT commented on in our last um, um, VO1, VO, VO 101 series about samples is that often, again, we're speaking to newer talent, right? And, and, and even maybe like under five years, maybe you don't have quite your whole, you know, client list built, but that it, this adds 
credibility to having samples that may be more e-learning. Corporate narration. You may not be getting the, you know, five, ten thousand dollar national commercial spot. Yeah, that'd be killer. But often when you're starting out, it's going to be these quote non-broadcast um kinds of work. And so this just kind of ties together with that that and and they're not necessarily quote low paying jobs. I mean, it, there is an industry standard even for you know, Bill the training guy says, "Hey, can you do um yeah, the sexual harassment video. We just, you know, we we're just going to have bullet points. It doesn't have to be animated. It may not be this, you know, big fancy video, but they do want a voice that connects." JT, you were talking earlier about that you do quite a bit of corporate um, work. Can you kind of speak to your experience with that and what you can kind of convey to newer talent? What I found and a part of the the discussion with the AI platform is people are concerned that a lot of this work is going to go to AI. What I find is that even if they don't have someone in-house who's going to be able to voice these things, they're not necessarily going to turn to the AI because they have still spent time and effort and money to put together their PowerPoint presentation or whatever presentation software they're using. They don't want their employees falling asleep listening to an AI voice or a monotonous voice. They've spent money. They're going to spend a little bit more to keep their people engaged. And that's something that only a human is going to be able to give them. So like, let's not panic. Our jobs aren't going anywhere. Yeah. And um, if anybody, anybody who follows me on TikTok, I made a video about this yesterday, just a little bit touching on what we can do to protect ourselves is to be as authentic as possible. You know, and referencing our podcast episode with Jen Henry on Monday night, that episode about bringing who you are to the table, all of the pieces of you and putting them and injecting them into your scripts. Even if you're talking about corporate narration and you're doing a sexual harassment training, give it personality and and give it passion and, and purpose because that's what's going to separate us. Um, and it's also what's going to separate you from somebody just coming in. When I first started, I really should, at some point we should play some of that audio that that I recorded at the beginning and was selling. I don't know who was buying it. It was terrible. Um, I sounded like a robot. I really did. And I, I had awkward breaks in my wording because of the way I was editing. And I just didn't know. So invest the time and energy and training to become as much yourself as possible when you're recording your audio. And we will avoid some of this drama. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to um, it's, it's practice you're practicing your read and you're honing your craft when you're doing those long form projects so that you can sound more authentic when the commercial audition comes up. You know, I mean, is it boring material? Sometimes. Yes, it is. Are you going to spend hours in your booth? Sometimes. Yes, you are. But don't think of it as dull, boring work. Think of it as practice for the next project. Yeah, so real quick, because I think this will tie in right before we get to the half hour and we jump to terms and um, different information, you know, that we want to dissect when we get on casting sites and start getting auditions. Question from Rob, when you're in the hole <laughs> with the almighty algorithm, I know AB has, has thoughts, a voice one, two, three, what do you think about auditioning for jobs that are a little low in order to hopefully increase your chances? And maybe you can speak to voice one, two, three, but maybe you guys can also just kind of uh, in the next five minutes touch on 
the power of the algorithm. Like, I don't know how involved we want to get with this. I know that Voice One Two Three Pros is a great resource to, you know, credible. We trust Natasha and Catherine to give us good information on that. But you guys want to touch on that real quick? I will. I will touch on that. I have feelings <laughs> on that. I'll tell you my my feeling. I, I'm very frustrated with Voice One Two Three myself right now. Um, my uh, I started out in the top twenty percent. I stayed in the top twenty percent consistently, and um, I upped my membership to the twenty two hundred dollar level. So I started getting more auditions. I was not auditioning for things I was not appropriate for. Everything was very much within the wheelhouse of what I book. But um, if they don't like what you sound like, if you are not what you hear and they hear in your their head. They don't give you a like and you drop, your stats drop. You need to book, in order to stay in the top 30%, you need to you need to be shortlisted for one out of about every seven to 10 auditions. That's what I figured out through my, my own research. Um, and I'm not hitting that at the moment and it's super frustrating. Uh, so I did do what you were suggesting um, and start auditioning for some of the lower paying things, but I, I put a caveat on it. I do it for things that are nonprofits, for things that are for student projects, for people who are never going to pay industry standard rates because their job simply does not dictate that. They don't, you're not going to pay industry standard rates for a guy putting together a passion project for comic book characters, you know, but it can be a good way to have fun. Don't limit yourself, but don't don't audition for things that you're not interested in and don't audition for things where they um, want you to do a 17, 30 second spots for some national food company and they want to pay you $50. Just don't, don't, don't do that. Don't devalue. Ask yourself this question. Is this devaluing the industry for me to do this job? If you feel like it's not, and it's simply you working with Joe Blow down the road who simply needs a voiceover done and it's not going to hurt the industry, go for it. Um, I will say I have been, I still have a membership on Voices.com, although I very have been not auditioning on there the last while and um, probably canceling today. But I will say that the last two weeks I've been testing and I wanted to see what the shortlist rates would look like based on different factors. So. I did really well on Voices.com up until uh, after the One Voice conference where the advice was given to always quote the highest range. And I have literally not booked anything on the site since then. So last month, I decided to start booking, like quoting at the low end of the range. And I was shortlisted about 60% of the time when I was booking on the lowest end of the range. So this week, I started quoting in the mid-range, right in between the lowest and the highest, not a single shortlist. So the 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 expectation on Voices.com has dropped even more to you've got to be offering the lowest of the lowest of the low. And they're not interested in whether you sound good as much as how cheap you're willing to give the product for. So that's just, you know, it, yes, you can boost your rankings by working for lower rates. Um, but do you want to? That's the really, that's the really good question for you right there. So it's... <laughs> It's a catch 22, I think, that you can put out all this effort. Also, I will warn you that the lower paying clients are often the most difficult to work with. They are 
um, some small business owner who has worked really, really hard to get where they are and that is really hard for them to part with the $100 that they're spending on you for their explainer video and they're gonna want 17 revisions and 32 pickups and uh, the tone changed at the last minute and then they're probably gonna end up with the same script you started with and the same tone you started with at the end of the day. But that's kind of the point. So um, let's let's pause there because you're going right into what we need to talk about next, Alicia, perfectly. Um, so real quick, guys, we're at the half hour. Holy moly. Uh, we'll do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties, and this is our VO 101 series where we discuss fundamental topics about getting into the voiceover industry. Today, we're talking about casting sites. And also, at the end, we're going to turn back, touch back on our Workday Thursday we're having next week. Uh, thanks for joining us, and let's get back to it. So, A.B., let's just keep going with where you're at. So, you're throwing out some terms here. You're talking about pickups. You're talking about revisions. You're kind of saying some things that maybe not everyone who's new to the industry knows what that means, uh, why they should know. So, they've, they've joined the casting site. So, kind of just keep going with that. All right. So, we are... We're assuming at this point that you have done your training, you your audio is ready to go, you know what you should be quoting, and you're ready to start auditioning. Okay, and um, I'm seeing the question in the chat, like what are the best sites to choose? And we're trying not to get into recommending sites because we each have different experiences on different sites and different things um, that we like and don't like, but you're welcome to connect with any of us on social media and ask us what we recommend. And we'll do that privately. We just don't wanna give any airtime um, to any specific site and, and look like we're recommending them. So, um, okay, rates. The rate is what you're paid for the work, how much money they give you. The usage, usage is important. Usage is important in commercial work. It's not as important in corporate work, but you do still need to address it. So when you, um, you give the right to someone to use your voice for a project, you're agreeing that they will use it for a specific thing. So let's say it's a corporate explainer video for Sherwin-Williams and you're making this corporate explainer and they tell you it's going to live on our website. We are not gonna use it for any paid advertising and we're not gonna use it for any social media advertising. So that means that that has one spot it lives. That's a corporate price, it's one buyout. You don't need to worry about um, usage uh, past that. But I always include in my contract something like, or my invoice, like this is for unpaid corporate use only lives on your website. I, I specify that because you don't want to come back later and find out they've turned it into a commercial. So when you're looking at the, the main page and it says that it's um, a one minute and the budget is $500 and then you go into the specs and you see that it's actually not one one minute commercial for $500. It's a 30 and a 15 and three six second spots. You need to address that with the client and let them know that you expect to be paid for each spot. $500 for a three or six month run, even in a regional market, that's actually five spots. It's not one minute of copy. It's five separate pieces of copy that are going to run. And each one should have its own price. The time length, uh, you know, the 30 is going to be different than the cost for a 15 and for a six second tag, but it's still five separate projects, yep. not one project for $500. So 
you know, pay attention to that. If you still want to audition for it, if they haven't, there are some clients who will say, this is the rate. If you don't agree with it, please don't audition. Well, I don't agree with it. So I'm not going to audition. But if they don't stipulate something like that in a rude sort of way, it's okay to go in and specify in the little section where you get to write something to them that each one like suggest an industry standard rate for each of those things and let them know because maybe they don't know. Maybe they're a new buyer and they don't know what they should be paying someone to do those things, that it's not just one minute of commercial. It's actually five different spots and each one carries its own rate. So sometimes it's not just a matter of taking the job and taking the lower rate, but educate them on the right way to buy their advertising. So I think that's the perfect way to segue into in perpetuity as well, because that's something that's all that also can be listed. I'm going to just read this to you because it's something that I wrote on social media, and I think that it, it covers it all pretty well. In perpetuity is completely irrelevant for most explainers or corporate work or e-learning. If it's something that's internal, lives on a website for a company, or even for social media use that they don't pay for, so organic sharing, like I share it and then Jen shares it and then so forth, um, not paid advertising. It's paid advertising that's the issue. We need to specify that in our contract that it's for unpaid usage only. When in perpetuity is used in paid advertising or broadcast work, that's when it becomes an issue. Commercials, particularly TV commercials, there's some controversy over whether it's relevant in radio commercials, but I just think anything that's commercial. So it wasn't a problem for me until I got an agent. My agent will send me auditions with what are called conflicts. A conflict is something that says you can't you cannot voice for two things at the same time. So like you can't have commercials out there for Ford and for Honda airing at the same time in the same locations. The problem is that they're often really broad, like must not have voiced anything for a technology company. That's referring to anything currently airing in that same geographic location. So that's why we give specific terms like six months and we refer to six um, specific markets. So like a six month regional usage might mean six months in the area of New York state or six months in a six state area or six months in one state. And you'll see that on the GBA rate guide where they'll talk about what is the geographical area. When it's national, all markets are off of the table. It's why they pay so much for them. It's why we get paid what we do because we're saying, I will not voice for other things while this is airing. So um, for example, I voiced some TV demo videos for Samsung but they aren't being used for paid advertising. So I'm still okay. I can still do technology things. But if I hadn't been clear about that on my contract, it could be an issue. And the responsibility is on me legally to go make sure Samsung hasn't used them for paid advertising. If we've signed something that says that they can't, the responsibility is on them. So it is really complicated, but these things are important. Just don't agree to a contract for broadcast rights in perpetuity, like TV or radio, and be sure to specify that. So with that being said, because again, people are going to misunderstand, if you are a person who on purpose or accidentally chose to do a job that was for AI for a certain thing, you will forever have a conflict. Is that accurate? Yeah, you could. As long as it's still airing, you could you could have a conflict. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be other clients that will hire you and they don't care that you have a conflict. That is 
you know, but it, the potential does exist. So I'm not going to give that, I'm not going to give that up, you know? So, um, JT. And occasionally it's the client when they're going to a casting site often just has a checklist that they go through for the project specs and they, they check off the boxes because they have to. So sometimes they may not understand when they're clicking a box that says in perpetuity or full buyout, what they're actually asking you for. If you address it with them, many times they'll come back and say, oh, I didn't even realize I did that. I was just trying to get through the form to post the job. And they'll put a limit on it. Unless they're telling you specifically in the body of the text that they want the in perpetuity or the buyout, just because they check that box doesn't mean that that's actually what they need. So open that conversation with them. Just make sure that you are covering your bases for their sake and yours. Yeah, I like that it, um, what Tim, Tamara, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Tamara or Tamara Warner said, sometimes smaller businesses don't have the understanding and knowledge of what fair pricing looks like or the skill set involved. And it's important to note that. And I've had multiple times where I've taken the time to educate the client and help. I send them to the GVA rate guide and I say, this is how I price. Um, why don't you see where your project fits within this realm? But I've also had clients who asked for in perpetuity and I said no. And they were like, oh, okay, well, I just asked for it because it was easier for me. It just makes it easier because I don't have to think about where I'm going to use the project. They were happy to take it off once I asked for it. And I have had clients who were not happy to take it off and went to another talent. And that's fine. That, that I don't want to work with them anyway. So <laughs> Exactly. All right. What are some of our other terms? Um, TTS. Text-to-speech. Mm -hmm. It also falls under the AI category to an extent. Text-to-speech is when you're in your car and you get a text message from somebody and you have um, Siri or Cortana or whoever you have on your your phone read the text to you. It also refers, refers to things like Amazon Alexa or Siri, um, where you they're giving you prompts that are pre-programmed in. And um, some of them are for one specific use, like what's in your car or what's in, and that those would be safe, right? But a lot of times those contracts will say, you agree to give us your voice for everything, forever, for no matter what, whenever, what, however. And I I personally don't um, do not do any of them as long, unless I haven't actually done any yet, but I'm not going to unless it specifically says, this is only for use in this project. Yeah. At this point, there is no rate guide for AI usage in perpetuity in any form on any platform. No one has decided what that fair rate is, especially on casting sites. You may see a project that says $10,000 and um, it's going to be five hours in the booth and it's 100,000 words and you just have to talk and we'll do all the cleanup and we'll do all the editing and $10,000 seems really, really awesome until you realize that the way that they're using your voice, had it been individual projects, would have been a whole lot more money in your pocket had it been an actual job. And now they have your voice forever to use in any way that they want. And that $10,000 suddenly doesn't seem like such a great deal. Yeah. All right. Let's, we could talk on that. I know. I know. Sorry. We're going to move on. We get frustrated with this conversation. Um, all right. ABC takes. What is an ABC take? It is when you're in a directed session, typically with a client, sometimes they'll ask for it in a um, 
a script that you're just reading and sending back to them. But most of the time it's a directed session. And um, a directed session is when you're directly connected to the client, like through Zoom or Source Connect um, or some other, you know, a phone call. And they're telling you what they like and don't like about what you read. And I love directed sessions because I know at the end of the day that the client's going to walk away with what they want. So when they ask for an ABC, it's three different takes. It's usually a short um, phrase or a, one sentence, and they'll have you do it three times. So you might say, um, I went to the store. I went to the store. I went to the store. And so you give them three different options to work with, and they'll say, oh, I liked B, and they'll mark it, and then you move on to the next thing, and um, you go through it a little bit at a time. So uh, JT, you want to talk a little bit about what non-union versus union means? Yeah. Uh, if you're on a casting site, you're often it's mostly non-union. It's very rare that you're going to see a job that comes up that's union because most of those are going to go through an agent. Occasionally, you will see one that is union. And if they are specifically asking for union, that means that you have met the criteria, you have paid your dues, and you are a member of SAG-AFTRA, and you have the union card. Everything else is non-union. Super simple. Yep. And there's a great podcast episode that we did with Tim Friedlander. I think it was our, was it our first episode? Yep. We talked about the differences between union and non-union and how to go union. And so reference that episode if you have more questions. And also understand GVAA rate guide is a guide, a rate guide for non-union jobs. SAG-AFTRA union rates are going to be different and for different usage. And those can be found on the SAG-AFTRA website. And <laughs> it is like reading the schematic to a mechanical diagram. <laughs> clear, clear as mud. I know. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us what OTT means? What? You said OTT? Uh -huh. Over the top. So those are, that's going to be on the GVA rate guide. So over the top are going to be the big Hulu, the big streaming services, YouTube streaming, all those. Yep. Okay. Um, now you right. know. Lifts. So we talked about um, lifts and cut downs. JT, can you talk a little bit about what those are? Sure. Sometimes you will see that a project is listed with two 30-second commercials and two 15-second commercials, but they'll tell you that the 15s are lifts from the 30s. That means you're not getting a separate script for that. You don't have to record anything extra for it. They're just going to take 15 seconds of the longer spot and pull it out and use it as a separate entity. Do I get paid still just for the 30, though? Or how do you delineate that? That depends. Um, some, it depends on, on the client, first of all. It depends on how they're using it, where it's running. If it is broadcast, if it's a radio spot, if it's a voiceover for television, you should get compensation for that as a separate spot. It will not be as much because you didn't actually have to do anything for it, but it is still a place in a separate way that they are using your voice. It is a separate body of work. And yes, you should get compensation for that. Excellent. Another Thanks. reason we don't do buyouts and in perpetuity with commercial work so that you get paid for those. Okay. Source Connect is, um, you'll, you'll see Source Connect required. If you don't know what Source Connect is, it is a 
software that you use on your computer that allows the client on their end to directly connect to your studio and record on their end. They are quite possibly my favorite sessions of all because I do nothing except perform. It's wonderful to just walk in and they do all the work and engineer does all of the editing, the, the takes, they mark the takes, they do all the things. It's lovely. So, ah, but an added bonus you'll find is another term, B-roll. Oh. If you can record on your end, you are recording the B-roll. They're recording the A-roll, but sometimes they will ask if you can record a B-roll on your end just as a backup in case your Source Connect session goes awry. If something happens to the connection on their end or your end and nobody realizes that somewhere along the line that recording has stopped, you haven't lost all that time and effort and you don't have to record it again because you've got a safety backup. Yes, and um, I always record a B-roll, always. It's just smart to have one just in case. Um, a line read is when uh, uh, the person on the other end of a directed session wants to tell you how they want the line to sound. It can be really annoying and it can be really helpful because they're gonna read it to you. Uh, I can't believe I've already made it to an hour. And you're gonna be like, you really want me to say it like that? But it's, you know, that's how they want you to say it. And it's helpful to know what they're looking for. So a lot of directors don't like to do line reads because they want you to be able to perform, but it may happen. Um, let's see. IPDTL, it's another way of connecting directly to the client's studio. Let's see, what else have we got? Oh, playback. What is what is playback, JT? Playback is when you have the ability to play what you just recorded back to the client. And not everybody's equipment is going to be set up for that. Sometimes you you might have to just take your phone over to your monitor and play it back through the, through the phone. I mean, you know. Yeah, I have a software called Loopback that does playback and I uh, quite literally can't remember how to use it. And I even made a YouTube video explaining how to use it. So I need to go watch my own video. A slate, it's, that's a controversial thing. Some casting sites say slate always, some say don't slate, some agents say slate, some say don't slate. You can research slating and decide for yourself. That can mean your name. It can also mean what take you're on during a, during a directed session. So they may be, if you're doing 42 takes, they'll be like, uh, take one, and then you read, and that's your slate for that take. Splitting files. Clients may ask you to split files, and that means that you need to be able to take and record you know, 30 minutes of audio, but you might need to turn it into 30 different files that are one minute each, and that can be complicated in some DAWs. So make sure you know what that is before you agree to it. Right. And that's very common in um, corporate recording, e-learning, because they'll want, you'll see it numbered in some way. They'll have it listed per slide in their PowerPoint or, again, whatever uh, program they're using to create their presentation. They'll want one file per slide named the way that it's named on your script. And so you you need to be able to save those files separately and just send them a folder with everything when you're done. Dropbox is easy for that. Um, you may want um, an FTP client like WeTransfer to be able to zip everything and send it to them and then they can unzip it on their end and have all the files. Uh, because those can also get really, really large, really fast, especially if they want it in WAVE. 
Exactly. That's one reason I switched um, from Audacity to Audition was to be able to export files, multiple files at once. You can drop markers and Audition and it's super, super easy. And Uncle Roy taught me how to do that. Let's cut some of the other ones. We're just going to cover really quickly because we are running out of time. Um, IVR and telephony. IVR is, oh, I don't know what the words. I just know it's telephone systems. Does anybody know what IVR stands for? Internet voice recording. Oh, internet voice recording. Okay. Now I, I have done this. I just want to speak to it really quick. It sounds very simple where you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to say hi. You know, well, thanks for calling Jen Greenfield and Associates. If you'd like to talk to Jen, press one. However, you definitely, um, and this actually happened to someone else in a Facebook group and I had to help them through it. There is, um, it's called uh, ULOF. There is a different processing that has to be done often on IVR and telephony. It's not always a one-for-one -one where you just record in your studio and you send it to them at a 24-bit or, you know, all the things. There is this processing that has to be done so that when they upload it, upload your voice, to their phone system, it sounds correct. But let me be clear, you sound like you are in the jungles of Vietnam trying to get through to Black Hawk Down when, when it is in this other, this ULAW format. It sounds horrible, but uh, just, just take my word for it. You have to trust the process on that um, compression. It's like super compressed, it's obnoxious. Um, so just know that for IVR and telephony that you'll wanna know how to do that. There's YouTube videos available or also just get in touch with one of the engineers we talk about. Often it's just a matter of um, changing the file settings when you save it. You can record it just like you would any other MP3 or any other WAV file. And when you go to save or save as, you can change your bit rate and the compression rate. And But always, always, always ask the client when you're doing any kind of on hold messages or phone prompts, um, anything for a, a system other than straight up audio, ask them how to save it. Because if you just send them a regular old MP3, it is not going to work in their system. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the last um, things that we had on our list are the explainer videos, industrial, corporate. Those are some different terms that are commonly used for non-broadcast narration that's used by businesses. Industrial has a tendency to be things like um, things that would be used in a factory. I don't know. I did a, a whole safety training video that could feel very industrial. Um, corporate is like, welcome to your benefits for 2022. Uh, explainer videos are like, hey, we're this really great company. You're going to love us. Come check out our site. Here's all the things we have to offer, right? I put a link in the chat to the globalvoiceacademy.com's resource of voice acting terms. There's a lot of really great ones on there that we didn't cover because they're not directly relational to casting sites, but it's a good resource and um, I, I recommend it. So hop on there and uh, grab that link. If you're listening later, just Global Voice Academy and then Google that with vocabulary and it should pop up or glossary. All right, so I think that we're ready to wrap it up. That sounds great. I Guys, thanks for hanging with us. This is, even for me, I'm like, oh yeah, this has been really just so much great information. Uh, we'd like to thank all of you in the audience for joining us this week. We, of course, appreciate your support so much. Uh, remember to, oh, hang on before I get to that. Uh, one of the things that um, is really important to us is we're trying to, you know, we're getting wonderful feedback from you guys. 
you 100% have our permission to share our website, share any of our podcasts um, for your own, you know, on your own sites to to share the love, to share the message, um, to just continue supporting good information uh, for the community. So we're we're giving you carte blanche. Share away if you want to. Um, remember to send in your samples this week for um, next week's Thursday workday. The link for submission and details will be posted in the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. So make sure you join if you haven't, as well as on the VOBB LinkedIn page. Please follow if you haven't. Over to you, JT. I'm just going to explain real quick, but everything is detailed on those links. You'll find or write copy for a 15-second commercial. The read should be dry with minimal processing. Please keep the volume range that we discussed in the April 20th Clubhouse in mind. We will play back as many of your submissions as we can next Thursday on the May 4th Clubhouse. Samples will be drawn at random. Everybody in the house can provide feedback in the chat while we're live. And then afterward, a spreadsheet link will be provided with just the name of your commercial, not your name, for feedback after the live room. And please, if you're going to use copy that is already out there from a casting site or a piece of work that you have already done, please make sure that you are allowed to share that because this will live on online indefinitely and you don't want to get in trouble for using something that you're not supposed to. Um, if it is a 15-second commercial that you're going to use actual copy for, just change it up. Make it your own and use it as a template. And then be sure to follow VO Booth Besties on LinkedIn. Connect with each of us besties on those platforms. Join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays are all available as a podcast at boothbesties.com, on YouTube, or pretty much anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And please comment, like, and subscribe. We'd love to hear your feedback. Absolutely. And thank you all for being here. I, we really appreciate it. It's so fun to see so many faces. Um, well, your little bitty faces, but your names <laughs> pop up each week. And, and we love seeing you here. Uh, thanks for being here. We'll catch you Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern with our guest, Roger Becker, who is um, a talent agent with Access Talent. And he is going to be a great interview, you guys. I promise. Come on over and check it out. We'll see you later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing.